Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We are going to continue uh, from where we left off last time. Now, if you're seeing this just as a continuation, if you're just listening to the book of James and you're just picking up on this, we've actually done a whole other series in between uh, the last session and this session, um, one called the Foundations of Faith. We looked at uh, what faith was and where faith comes from and so on and so forth. And uh, I know you'll be blessed by that if you want to go and have a look at that. But we're going to continue on now. The Lord's given me the green light <laughs> to go back to the book of James. And, uh, you know, when he gives you the green light, there's an excitement there. Praise God. And, you know, it's a, it also always has, has to be a word in season. And I'm always looking for that word in season. I'm always looking for that word that God needs to bring to each one of us at that particular time. Amen? And uh, what I want to do is I want to begin in verse 1. Now, I won't preach too much on any of these verses because what I want to do is get to verse uh, 5 today and look at, look at wisdom. And that's what this next section um, is going to be dealing with is the wisdom of God. And don't we need it right now? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beginning in James chapter 1 and verse 1. Remember again, it says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Now, we talked about this before. I want you to notice that, he, you know, James puts God and the Lord Jesus Christ on the same line because they're both God, okay? That's why, again, he says, James, a bondservant of both God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, James didn't believe um, Jesus was who he said he was when he was around. He received Jesus as Lord after Jesus died, and then he appeared to him, um, and so on and so forth. Before that, they all thought he was lunatic, <laughs> okay? And we looked at some verses before that, that showed us that his mother, and his, it says his mother and his brothers were outside. They thought he was out of his mind, and they were trying to get him back home, okay? And uh, he, that's when he said, who are my mother and my brothers? But those that do the will of my father. Uh, I'm sure it upset the family. But, uh, <laughs> you know, James didn't believe. And, um, but now he has, you know, he's come to Christ and he realizes that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus was God. What a revelation. And I think, uh, to me personally, I think he just felt bad. You know, I just feel like he, he thought, wow, I, you know, I, I disrespected him and so on and so forth, didn't believe him. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like instead of him saying something like, you know, this is James, you know, the brother of the Lord and from the sacred womb of Mary and all that, okay, the Messiah's confidant and all that sort of stuff. He didn't say any of those things. He just said, I'm a bondservant. You know, a bondservant is the lowest class of slave that there is. That is a person that gets absolutely no uh, say in anything. Oh, are you getting this? And so that's, that's how James saw himself. He was no longer looking at himself as somebody that thought, you know, that, that was above his, his brother and that, you know, his brother was a lunatic. Now he realizes that his brother was God and he's saying, listen, anything you say, I'll do. <laughs> All right. Don't we need to be that way? All right. Anyway, uh, I, I also mentioned one thing before, and that was the, uh, the name James in, in the actual, it, it's, it's the Aramaic word is actually a Jacob. And then we, we begin to understand from that why he addresses the 12 tribes. Because remember, Jacob had the 12 sons and so on and so forth. And so there's some insight into that, which we dealt with last time. I don't want to go back into it. Watch those other sessions if, if you don't, you know, if you'd like to, uh, if, you, if you're picking up here and you're listening to this now and you're thinking, what is he on about? Go back, okay? <laughs> the series is online. Uh, verse 2, he goes in to say, my brethren, come. 
count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Remember again, uh, the reason I'm doing this is because verse uh, 4 is, has got a connection to verse 5. I don't want to just read verse 4 to you and then you don't know what all happened before. So I want to read all of these so that we all go in the same direction. Are you all with me? Amen? And so again, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now we looked at all of these things in great detail. I'm not going to go over it again. But I want you to understand something. When he says various trials, he means all kinds of trials. You know, you might think you, you, you've been through them all. There'll be one more to come that you don't know anything about. It's not coming from God. Amen. All right. These are all coming from the devil, from the fact that we live in a fallen world. And there's a lot of people in this fallen world that likes to do his bidding. You know, not God's bidding, the devil's. All right. <laughs> all right. And so he says, knowing, knowing. Now, he's, watch this. There's, a, there's a, a, a connection here. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing this. If you don't know this, you can't count it all joy. And so again, he says, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. That's why you count it all joy. That's why he says you can be happy about it because something is going on on the inside of you as a result of the devil attacking you, as a result of this fallen world coming against you, something in you. God is, isn't God brilliant? He puts something on the inside of you. Whenever you get attacked, it begins to build and get stronger and more powerful if you let it. If you count it all joy, if you do what James said, <laughs> okay? Otherwise, you're going to fall and fail, and you're going to be one of those people that go, oh, well, God, where is God, and everything else. Listen, man, you need to do something. See, <laughs> one of the things that we looked at when we first started this book was James is very practical. I mean, he's in your face kind of practical. He, he does things that are astounding, surprising, shocking even. He says things that you wouldn't expect somebody to say. Because, you know, we're so used to hearing the, oh, you know, you're just a little sheep. And, you know, you just do this and you just be safe and you just, all of those things. And James isn't that sort of a person. He says, listen, you run into a problem. Don't sit there and, and me, 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 me. You sit, you stand there and you say, hang on a second. I'm coming at this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not just going to survive this. I'm going to come out smelling good. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. And so he says, listen, this is why you need to count it all joy. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4, and it says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, I want you to notice that he says, listen, if you allow patience to have its perfect work, Something extraordinary happens on the inside of you. You mature, you grow, and you get to the place where you lack nothing. Now, that's where I wanted, to, I wanted you to see those two last words, lacking nothing, because something interesting happens in verse 5, which is where we're going to pick up today. Uh, James chapter 1 and verse 5 now, he's, he goes on to say, <laughs> I think this is tremendous, he says, but if any, he doesn't have the word but, I'm putting the word but because I want to put the word but in there, all right? He says, if, ever, if any of you lacks wisdom, now notice in verse 4, he said that you are complete, entire, complete, mature, lacking nothing, and then he says, listen, you know, you can... <laughs> Remember that that whole area, the, you know, the, the, what, what you gain from all of that, I, I could put into two words, heroic endurance, <laughs> all right? He says you can get to the place where you, 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 know, you have that heroic endurance, that toughness, that strength on the inside of you. However, you know, you can be strong and still, you know, kind of not know what to do. Are you all with me? Amen. So, this, so there is that side of strength. 
There is that side of endurance. There is that side where, you know, you know <laughs> nothing that comes against you gets the better of you. Amen? But, you know, there are times when, you know, you don't want to be standing and standing and standing thinking, uh, should I be doing something else? <laughs> you know? uh, sure, I'm, ha- I'm willing to stand forever, and that needs to be your mentality. However, that doesn't mean that, you know, you need to stand forever. If nothing is going on, you need to check and see if you're missing something. Amen? See, James is really smart, isn't he? He says, first of all, be willing to stand forever. Okay, have that heroic endurance. Now, once you get past that, you, you know, you need to go to God and check and see, now, God, am I doing everything? Do I need to have just patience for the, for, you know, it says, once you've done the will of God, in, I think it's in Hebrews, where it says, once you've done the will of God, you just need patience, okay, because you need time for the thing to come to pass. However, if you're thinking that maybe you haven't done everything you need to do, are you getting this? Listen, God's perfect, we're not. <laughs> okay? We need wisdom. And if you're, if you're standing and nothing is going on, you know, it, he's saying, listen, if you're wondering, if you're lacking wisdom in something, then ask. And this is verse 5. So when he says lacking nothing in verse 4, the very next thing he says in verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, he says, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him. And I, I love it. It says with an open hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, God doesn't kind of, you know, like those people used to stick a ball in their hand and stick two hands out and go, which one? <laughs> okay. God is not going to do that to you. He'll open his hand and say, here's the wisdom you want. Now, we, there, there's so much in this verse. Uh, you know me. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I just, I always like to bring you the, the, the meat of the word. All right. And uh, we, could, we could step back and just look at it from an overall view, uh, which is kind of what I've done with the first couple of verses, because I had to, to bring you to this place. But now we need to look at this verse in some detail. Now, first, first of all, remember that James echoes a lot of Jesus' teaching. Remember that the book of James parallels the Sermon on the Mount in so many different ways. Also, I said to you at one stage, the entire book of James, you could find a teaching of Jesus every three verses. All right, that's how much of teaching of Jesus is in the book of James, even though he never says Jesus said this. But it was one of those things that they understood. They used to memorize everything people said. You know, we we have so many things to write down and record things on. Back then, they didn't have all of that, so they would just memorize things. I think we need to go back to some of that, don't we? Okay. All right. So they would just memorize things. So if, if, you know, if Jesus had said something and they'd memorize that, when James repeats it, they'll all go, oh, yeah, we know where that came from. James didn't have to say, Jesus said this. They'd all kind of go, of course, Jesus said that. We know that. So in that way, remember again that the, the, the epistle of James, the book of James, uh, however you want to refer to it, uh, parallels the teaching of Jesus. And we see one of that, that right now in Matthew chapter chapter 7 on the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, I want to read uh, what Jesus says here. Read to you what Jesus says here, all right? He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Remember, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, all right? Jesus said, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Notice Jesus said, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without, uh, without reproach and it will be given to him. Notice Jesus in Matthew 7, 8 says, for everyone who asks, 
receives. There's no reproach there. He says, you ask, you'll get it. He says, for he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. There's no question. You know, sometimes we think we're going to knock on God's door, and we don't know if he's going to knock, knock, knock on heaven's door, <laughs> okay? And we don't know when all it's going to open. No, no, no. Jesus never shows you any. He never gives you that kind of picture. He, he'll always say, if you seek God, if you go after God, you'll always re receive a reply. You'll always receive an answer. You might say, well, yeah, I go, you know, I go into my prayer room sometimes and I'm sitting there and I'm praying and nothing's happening. Oh, <laughs> can I give you a revelation right now? Whatever time you give to God will never be, never be wasted. Never. All right. I have found times when I'm in there, I'm praying and I'm receiving so much instructions. I can't, you know, it's, uh, I can't take it in quick enough and I can't write it down quick enough. Other times I go there and it's like nothing. And I think, okay. Now, this is ages ago, okay? Now I know the difference. And, you know, but, but something used to happen. After I leave my prayer room, all these things will start flooding in. Listen, any time that you give God, He will bless. He will honor it. And He will talk to you. Amen? Don't ever walk out of your prayer room and feel like, oh, I've got nothing today. No, you did get something. It might take a little time to manifest to bubble up, okay, but it's there. It's been deposited in your account. All right, hallelujah. All right, so that's why he can say here, everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. Verse 9, it says, or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Verse 11, if you then being evil or natural, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? I really want you to hear these words. I want these words to echo and ring out on the inside of you. The words, how much more? How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to him or to those who ask him? Amen? See, that's the same as, uh, as the Apostle James when he says, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. How much more? Without reproach, it will be given. Did you get all that? Amen. So we see Jesus saying, you know, James saying the same thing that his elder brother said. He's saying the same thing. If you ask God, he will always give. And he just won't give just a little bit and just go, well, you know what? That will do for now. Okay. <laughs> right? uh, he'll never do that. Whenever you go to God, God always opens up his heart and he pours into your life. And he pours into, into your heart. Everything that you desire, and it will always be to overflowing. It will never be just enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I, I pray that this is blessing you. Let's continue. <clears throat> I've said here, let me read a few notes here so I don't miss anything, okay? <laughs> I said here, notice that both the asking and the giving uh, to all liberally, with Jesus saying, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him, are found in both passages of Scripture. Amen? So we see a parallel there between James 1.5 and Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. Now getting back to James 1.5, notice first of all the phrase, if any of you lacks wisdom. Now he, you know, this is the Apostle James' way of appealing to each individual to examine themselves and decide for themselves if they need God's wisdom or not. Now let me say this, family, you need to examine. You see, I can't tell you you need wisdom. Because you go, oh, bless God, I know. <laughs> you know, especially some of the men, you know, we don't ask, we don't ask nobody nothing because we know everything, you know. <laughs> don't do stuff like that, all right? That's dumb, all right? Listen to me. 
You need to ask yourself, do you know, if you're facing a situation, don't just sit there and, you know, kind of, <laughs> I want to mention a, a TV character, but maybe I can't. Uh, you know, be that person that just bangs their head on the wall, hello, okay, and just sits there for 20 minutes banging their head, rather than go find out. You know, don't do dumb things like that, all right? If, you, if you're lacking wisdom, you need to acknowledge that you are lacking wisdom, that you don't know everything, that you might need some insight into the problem that you're facing, that you might need some, something from God. Uh, let me continue on here. I've said here, of course, there are always going to be <coughs> uh, those prideful individuals who simply refuse to admit that they need help. Simon J. Kistemacher explains, by nature, man is independent. He wants to solve his own problems and make his own decisions. You know, they, that's why people say, well, I don't need any of that religion stuff. You know, I, 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 can, I can solve my own problems. I don't need all that stuff until they get in big trouble and all, everything falls apart. And they're going, oh, Lord, why are you doing this to me? And God says, oh, we're talking to us now, are we? After everything has fallen apart. You couldn't come ahead of, in front of that thing and ask me what to do. I would have told you, don't do what you're about to do. Do something else. But no, we got to go, no, 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 I'm fine, thank you. No, 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 I don't need prayer today. <laughs> oh, everybody's going to call me for prayer now. But, <laughs> I know. but you know what I'm trying to say. You can pray for yourself. You are all kings and priests before God. That's why James is saying, if any of you lack wisdom, don't go to the pastor. You can go to God. And you can ask God, and he will give it to you. You all understand? Amen? All right. <laughs> but if you do need prayer, please do call. All right, I'll pray with you. All right. And to all those people, the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 21, he says, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Notice the word woe. <laughs> okay? Woe means you got a problem. It's something bad. This is, this is not a good thing. In fact, uh, the New Living Trans Translation puts it this way. This, this is incredible. It says, destruction is certain for those who think that they are wise and consider themselves clever, or excuse me, consider themselves to be clever. Notice he says, destruction is certain for those who think they are wise. If you, you know, if you are standing there, again, you know, the, the other version said, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. If you're wise in your own eyes, if you think you're wise and you think, I don't need anybody, I don't need any help, family, you are putting yourself in a very bad position. You are putting yourself out there to be just, <laughs> uh, I don't even know, I don't have the right words, pummeled by the devil, <laughs> okay? How's that? All right? <laughs> and that's why he says, destruction is certain. He says, no, you know, you might be destroyed. You might not, you might kind of work out on accident. It doesn't say that. It says destruction is certain. Do you know why it says destruction is certain? Because Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. The Bible says that the, that the devil comes as a roaring lion, seeking whom he, may whom he may devour. And the people that he can devour are the dummies that go around going, I'm wise, I know, I got it all, I got it together. <laughs> yeah, he goes, oh, there's one. There's one full of pride. I can take that one down very quickly. <laughs> all right. So that's why it says here again from the New Living Translation. I love that, this version. It says, destruction is certain for those who think they are wise, consider themselves to be clever. The fact is that no one knows everything. That is a fact, family. I, I know you think you do. Can I give you some revelation? You don't know everything. 
<laughs> okay? All right? And those who think they do, according to this verse, are headed for disaster. There's no question about it. They are headed for disaster. And let me just say this, you know, you might say, well, what, you know, can I ask advice of people? Just be careful who you're asking advice of. Because, you know, people, depending on where their faith and their trust is, They'll give you advice from that place. So if, you know, if their faith is in the natural, they'll say, well, go and see this lawyer or this doctor or this whatever, and you know, they will tell you how it is. And you know what? Th those people, often we go look for a second opinion because we know people don't get it right. Hello. Okay. Now, if God leads you there, fair enough. But make sure it's God leading you to someone. And, you know, God will lead you to the right people, by the way. Uh, there are people out there that know the right thing. You know, you might go to, say, for example, a doctor that misses something, you know, and because somebody recommended them and you went to them. Instead of going to prayer and God saying, okay, no, not that one. Go he over here. And somehow, you know, you get a, something in your letterbox or somebody calls you and says, I was thinking of you and I was just thinking, do you need blah, blah, blah? And you go, actually, I was just praying about that. And you go, yeah, well, I've got somebody really good. They helped me. They were fantastic, blah, blah, blah. That's the one you want to go to. Are you with me? Okay. All right. So anyway, getting back to this. So again, you're looking for God's direction uh, regardless whether it's going to, you know, whether it's a natural thing that's you know, going to be helping you or whether God's going to do something supernatural, always find out from God where to go, what to do. All right. All right. Moving on. R. Kent Hughes says that wisdom is far more than the accumulation of knowledge, information and intellectual perception. Can I say that again? All right. Wisdom is far more than the accumulation of knowledge information, and intellectual perception. It's far more than all of that. that. The fact is, man, through his vast accumulation of knowledge, has learned to travel faster than sound, but displays his need for wisdom, or his stupidity, all right? his, um, his need for wisdom, by going faster and faster in the wrong direction. Okay, so we're thinking, oh, look, I can go faster and faster. And you're going, yeah, dude, but you're going in the wrong direction. It should be that way, <laughs> right? Are you all with me? Amen. He says, man has amassed a huge store of information about the world, but shows his abysmal lack of wisdom by failing to live any better in the world. Did you get that? See, we're getting smarter in the head, but not smarter in the way we live our life. And we need to be careful, family. Just because we know stuff, that doesn't mean that we are wise. We just have a lot of information stored up in our brains. Amen? And we need to be careful. And so for all those who realize that they don't know everything and recognize that as much as they think they know, there's still so much more that they need to know, the Apostle James graciously says. So the first thing we need to look at was for you to realize that you lack wisdom. And he says, now, now if any of you lack wisdom, if you come to the place, and I pray that you do right now, that you've said, all right, pastor, I get it. I need to, I need to understand and I, I need to acknowledge that I do lack wisdom. There are things in my life that I need God's help and God's wisdom for. And he goes in to say, if any of you lack wisdom, if you come to that determination now, he says, let him ask of God. So that's the next thing you need to do. Not only do you need to make the, you know, uh, recognize what you lack, but now you need to know that you don't have to stay there. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful that James would say, if you're, any of you lack wisdom, you're just all dummies and we don't, <laughs> okay? He didn't say that. He says, look, once you've determined that, once you've made that decision, there is an answer. All right? He says, let him ask of God. He says, now I'm going to tell you what to do next. I told you James is very practical. All right? So he says, listen, the next thing you need to do is ask of God. 
Now, notice firstly that the wisdom that is being requested, this is very exciting, all right, is God's wisdom. Oh, see, you go to God, he's not going to give you natural wisdom. He's going to say, well, now, you know, this textbook down here over here, I'm using God doesn't have a text and accent, all right, I'm just using this, all right. He's going, now, see, in this book over here, that's what it says. He's not going to give you one of those things. He will give you his own wisdom. Oh, hallelujah. That's why, you know, you can be smarter than your teachers. You know, Psalm 119, I think verses 97 through about 100, somewhere in there, um, it talks about this, that as you, you know, once you commit yourself to God's word, that you become smarter and wiser than everybody, all right, around you, so to speak, because you receive God's wisdom. I, I should have put that in here maybe, but anyway, let's, let's keep going. So again, first of all, you, you need to uh, understand the Wisdom that you're going to receive is from God, meaning that it's not a natural wisdom, but of divine origin. And it is the wisdom that is referred to in Job chapter 28, verses 20 through 24, where it says, where then does wisdom come from? You didn't think that was anything good in Job? There's a lot of good stuff in Job. <laughs> All right? Okay. Uh, it says, where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? So the first question that, that, it's, that is asked here in Job 28 and verse 20 is, where does actual, this is proper wisdom, this is not man's wisdom, this is real wisdom, okay? He says, where does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? Verse 21, it is hidden from the eyes of every living creature, which means this is not natural. Do you get that? If it's hidden from every living creature, means that it is not something that a living creature in this physical natural realm can find. It says, uh, again, it says, it is hidden from the eyes of every living creature, concealed even from the birds of the air, verse 22. Destruction and death say, only a rumor of it has reached our ears. Verse 23, but God understands the way to it. Notice, God understands the way to it. And He alone, I want you to see those two words, He alone, He alone. Not somebody down here that says, well, I have found this amazing wisdom and I only can give it to you for $19.95. <laughs> okay? It's not any of this. Notice he says, if somebody says that, they just lied. Because it says here, and Job says here, and this is a kind of wisdom, again, this is not natural wisdom. Because James is going to talk about a natural wisdom that is devilish and, 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 you know, and, and sensual. Sensual doesn't mean sexually, all right? Sensual means the five senses. It comes through the five senses. It is down here in this earth, and it's not, it's not God's wisdom, all right? Uh, we'll look at that when we get to it. But anyway, back to this. He says, it says here again, God understands the way to it. I'm in Job 28, 23. He says, God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth, and he sees everything under the heavens. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I've just noticed I've run out of time. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to rush this. I want to stop here. I want you to understand something. The things that I want, you take, I want you to take away from what we've just looked at today. Number one, you need to acknowledge that you need wisdom. Number two, the wisdom that you're going to receive is not natural wisdom. It is God's wisdom. It is going to be something that, see, when, it's asked, when he talks about ask, it, that is talking about prayer. It means that when you go into your prayer closet or you know, your room, wherever you pray, it says when you're there, the first thing you need to do is understand that you are asking God. You're not asking yourself. You're not sitting there thinking, oh, dear God, what am I going to do? That's, that's, not the, that's not the way you pray. You, you need to understand that you are talking to God and you say, Lord, I need your, your wisdom on this. 
I know what, the, what people are saying and I know what the natural realm is saying, but I need your wisdom on this. And understand that what you're going to receive, when you come out there and you should be coming out there dancing, all right, one way or the other, that thing, even if you don't get it straight away, it will bubble up. You need to know that it is God, that God has spoken to you. And whatever God says, even though it may sound a little nutty. Now, don't just do things for the sake of nuttiness, all right, <laughs> okay? But even if it doesn't make any sense to you and you think, I don't know why you want me to do that, don't ask questions. You do what God tells you to do. You might ask him to, you know, uh, confirm his word with signs following. Did you get what I just said? You might say, God, I kind of need to know. Uh, I need you to confirm this. That, you know, this is what I want to do. It wasn't just something I just thought of and I thought up in my head while I was in there. All right. That, that was something you actually told me to do because if I get that confirmation, I know I need to do it. Then, then it's up to me to do it. All right. And I pray that you do do it. And so what you need to do is understand that what you're asking for is God's wisdom, that, that it is something that goes beyond this natural realm and that it is something that will work. Because God will confirm his word with signs following. Did you hear that? It won't be just something you just thought to do. God will say, and I'm going to be there, and I'm going to make sure that it comes to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. When you receive God's wisdom, you also receive God's help and God's intervention. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm totally out of time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today for this tremendous uh, insight into this, Father. And also, we just thank you for all the wisdom and revelation that I'm just believing that people are going to ask and receive from you over this next week, especially in this time, Father, that we are going through right now. I just thank you that people are looking for wisdom. They are looking for what to do next, what step to take next. And Father, I thank you that you help, you help them with all of that. You order their steps. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, that you look after them in the way that only you can. In Jesus' name, amen.